Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiniest Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream, and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We get to read fiction on the show and talk about some movies, books, you name it. If you like what I do here, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. You'll get some books and other cool stuff for your support. Go ahead and also reach out to me at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com, Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. All right, guys, uh, I just wanted to let you know that uh, the novelization Touristicu is out. Uh, the first volume is called Cal's Fate, and it's basically my re-editing of the Touristicu Chronicles uh, story that I've been reading here, and uh, the next edition called Cal's Quandary is out as well, and uh, yeah, they're available now uh, in the stores, and, and man, it is it going well. Like, like I have, maybe it's reading on this podcast, but man, people are digging the story. Uh, you know, it's selling really well for me, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm doing good with this, uh, story. So thank you all for your support on this. It really means a lot to me that you guys are enjoying the story. So anyways, uh, on with Macuarnex Ascension and, uh, yeah, I'll just go and get started. The Trillion Metal sapped the last of his senses. He was trapped within the darkness of his mind. He could not see, hear, or even touch. Devoid of any sensory input, he was lost in memories and emotions. Since most of his memories were painful and things he'd rather forget, he was trapped in an endless torture. His father was always there, and he was with Cassie. Years later, the image still burned into his brain. The anger seethed and twisted. Makiarnik wanted to cry out in terror, but he couldn't. His voice was gone, too. Death couldn't come fast enough. Makiarnik woke up half-naked in a bramble. His stomach lurched, and he vomited a pure bile. The forest around him was quiet and serene. The tall megastructures surrounded the estate, poked through the trees. His father installed noise-dampening technology to drown out the city traffic noises. Makiarnik's head pounded, and he vomited again. His memory was patchwork like a kaleidoscope of some distant life. There was lots of wine, a man's face was covered in blood, or was it wine? Makiarnik couldn't be sure. He only remembered a fraction of what had happened. He wasn't even sure where his clothes went. 
There was a, one memory that was strong. It was etched in his mind, and he couldn't banish it as hard as he tried. It was his father and Cassie, naked, on the desk. He pushed himself to his feet and walked towards the estate. He checked his implant. It was 11 a.m. His dad would be at work. He didn't want to deal with his father anyway. When he finally made it up to the estate, he walked up a set of stairs. He passed the gardener's shed. It was locked, which was odd because he usually kept it open during the day for the maintenance robots. Makiarnek looked at the ground near the shed. There should be blood on the ground, but there was nothing. The concrete walkway was clean and clear. Makiarnek became woozy. He dry heaved again, and his head pounded. He needed to get the to his medicine cabinet. He entered the house and no one was present. He made his way back to his wing of the house and miraculously avoided any servants. He stumbled into his bathroom and dry heaved into the toilet some more. There was nothing left in his stomach to evacuate. The medicine cabinet would be his salvation. He opened it and pulled out an e-needle from the various beauty products. He flicked through the menu and was seconds away from sweet relief when the device said, Account expired. Makiarnak cursed and typed a few commands on the computer implanted in his arm. He pulled up a payment method, and an error appeared on the screen. It said, Account locked. Please contact customer service at... He swore again and began pulling up all his various financial accounts. They were all locked. He kicked the vanity, and his head flared with more pain than the toe could ever experience. He turned to the bathroom door and saw his father standing there. Rasmus waited in the threshold of the bathroom. An electronic pad was clutched under his arm. He held a mug of coffee. What do you want? Makiarnik said, attempting to pretend that he wasn't in pain. You could have been more discreet, <laughs> Rasmus said as he sipped his coffee. I'm not the one who fucked my son's girlfriend. When are you going to get it through your thick head that they are all whores after your money? I did you a favor. Fuck you, Dad. Makiarnik pushed his father out of the way. His father chased after him into the room and smashed the coffee mug against the poster of a floating concert. The shards of the cup landed in all the junk in the room. You ungrateful little fuck. You don't know how much I did for you, the groundskeeper you pummeled. His name is Tyrese, and you don't even know the name of your servants. You killed him. I, 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 what? Blood drained from Makiarnik's face. He was unable to stand and slumped into bed. I cleaned up your mess. What did you do? You didn't leave me any choice. A handmaiden saw you do it. I couldn't just let her go to the IF enforcers. Makiarnik's stomach lurched again. There is nothing left. Do you think I want this family blemished? This is more than a couple of lousy workers that can be replaced tomorrow. This is about our reputation. The entire universe runs on Dekrand. If the Dekrand stops flowing, people die. Interstellar shipping will shut down. Food can no longer be transported to a world like ours. We keep stability in the galaxy. I am not about to let a little piss pod like you fuck that up. I didn't ask for any of this. That's true. Nor am I going to force it on any of you. You're leaving today. I'll give you an hour to pick up anything you can carry in that damn Admiral Hopper you like so much. You're lucky I'm letting you get to keep anything at all. I could have had your escorted off the premises last night. We'll see how much a gold digger of a girlfriend likes you after having nothing. His father slammed the door on his way out. Makiarnik wanted to yell at him, but he couldn't think of anything to say. In a way, he was relieved. He didn't even have to pretend like he liked his father. 
Hopefully Cassie would have gotten what she needed from the office last night. Despite the image of her and his father was still fresh in his mind, he still loved her. Now more than ever, he wanted to bring his father's empire crumbling to the ground, and the hard drive was the key. For the next couple of weeks, Mac Yarnett couldn't bring himself to visit Cassie. When he was first booted from his father's house, he sped his way to New York, the hay still blurring his mind. He landed his Atma Hopper in the alleyway like he was used to and made his way to the pawn shop. However, he couldn't force himself to walk in the door. The image of Cassie spread out on his father's table burned in his mind. As much as he loved her, he knew that if he went inside the shop, he would want nothing more than to eviscerate her. He was afraid of what he would say to her and what he would do to her. The image of the groundskeeper was fresh in his mind. He had a darkness in him, just like his father. However, unlike his father, he was determined never to use it on the people he, he loved. That's why he never went through the front door of the shop. It was still too fresh. He needed time to heal. His time to heal was spent mostly on friends' couches in a drug-induced haze at Lars' nightclub. Despite the fact that his father had cut him out of the family finances, he had some money stored away in forms of favors and bank accounts his father didn't know about. The days and the nights blended together as he was pumped so full of chemicals he often didn't know who he was or what planet he was on. One night, he wasn't sure if it was weeks or months after his father kicked him out, he was on a triple dose of Rathsillian Wisp. The music and the lights of the club wove into his soul. He was lifted into the sky, and he saw an aerial view of Earth. Each building was dotted with pin pricks of light. There were many lights on Earth, as there were stars in the universe. Each was connected to a window, and inside each window were the people of the planet. They were living their lives unaware of the omnipotent being Makiarnak had become. He was observing them and inhabiting them. He could read their thoughts and feel their desires. He stretched his consciousness out towards Ireland, then across the Atlantic. He crossed over the human islands and the floating cities adrift in the sea. He flew to North America and saw New York below him. It was at one point the biggest city in the world, and now... There was no distinction between the cityscape and the countryside. It was all one city, the entire planet. He could see them all. But he didn't care about any of them. He only cared about one. He focused his consciousness downward, past the swarm of spaceships, the drone traffic, down further between the towering buildings, down to the street level where the vehicle pathways of the past became pedestrian walkways of transportation and took to the sky that was buried beneath the earth. There was a pawn shop, and inside the room of swirling amps, Cassie played a musical instrument. She plucked at something he had never seen, yet it filled the room with crystal-clear sounds of unyielding beauty. He felt the music bubble to his unconsciousness and fill him with joy. The bliss wasn't eternal. He felt it slip away. Cassie seemed distant, like she was at the end of an infinite tunnel. He cried out, but the noise was lost as it drifted away. The music was torn from his soul and replaced with pain. It stabbed at every part of his body. Every muscle in his body tensed to the point where they felt like it would explode. His head felt like it was being compressed and his eyes were being hammered into his skull. There was a bright light that blinded him. He whimpered and mumbled. Wakey, wakey, Lars said as he shook Makiarnik's consciousness back to reality. Makiarnik wiped away the drool and bile that accumulated on his cheek and groaned. Recovery. I need recovery, shot. 
Those are for pain customers, he said. Makiarnik fumbled for the implant on his arm. He was barely able to scroll through the menus. Lars waved his hand through the pop-up screen and said, I already had someone check while you're passed out. You are broke. In fact, your bill from last night was declined. I swear I can. No, you can't. Now you're lucky I like you. Most customers who can't pay the bill have much more than withdrawal to worry about. I, on the other hand, am a nice guy. I'll let you replay what you owe, with interest, of course. A standard operating expense, let me assure you, when you get back on your feet. Now, are you going to leave, or are you going to require an escort? Makiarnik heard rumors of what happened to people who didn't pay their bill, the worst of which was a certain back-alley genital surgery, courtesy of Lars and his gang. He stumbled out into the bright light of the street. It was an unfortunate time of day when the sun was able to shine through the cracks of the skyline. Makiarnik found his Atmo hopper was still parked where he left it. However, it was marked with graffiti and scratches. He was lucky it was hard to steal a vehicle on Earth. People just couldn't outrun the IF enforcer squads. He hopped in the cockpit, and the screen with several parking violations popped up. According to the dates on the ticket, his most recent binge had been about three weeks. Normally, his account would auto-pay the ticket, and he considered tickets a privileged parking fees. However, now that he was broke, he was lucky that his car wasn't impounded. Alright, that's all we have for you of Makiarnik's Extension. Come back next time for more. I appreciate you being here. Thank you.